On today's episode of Stars Like Us, I am here with Amelia Ortez, who is a spiritual advisor and a healer and a Sagittarius, <laughs> just like my mama. <laughs> mm, <not a> fire <laughs> energy. <laughs> How's it going? Thank you so much for joining me today. It's good. Thank you for having me. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing um, a little bit more about who you are, how you got into the line of work that you are in and what your journey has been like. So I am a, I guess like a girl from Brooklyn is usually how I refer to myself first cause that's a big piece of me. Um, but I'm a healer, a spiritual advisor and empath. Um, I am a mental health advocate as well. You've probably heard me, you know, telling you how to get your life together via the internet or for some little quick one minute video or motivating you to, you know, go get that ass up and do what you gotta do. Um, but I got into what I, you know, my work and many lines of work, um, not just from, you know, like, you know, family connection, which is a big piece of it. But the other piece was my own healing journey um, and my own journey with my mental health um, and my experiences with that, um, my own life experiences as an empath and trying to like navigate that shit in this world, which is not the easiest, um, you know, and then just wanting to, I guess, you know, help other people with navigating that and, you know, healing them along the way and exchanging what I got, you know, on my journey. When did you learn what the word empath was and that that was something that you were? So I have a really funny story about that. Um, years ago, when I was a kid, I used to watch um, sci like mad different sci-fi shit with my father um, from fucking The Twilight Zone to Predator, like Star Trek, <laughs> all, all the shit that I probably should not have been watching as a toddler because it's like, who watches this with a toddler? <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Um, but with Star Trek, um, there was this one character, and I'm horrible because I always forget his name, like, it's horrible. Um, but he is an empath, and my father would tell me all the time, he's like, that's what you are. And for the longest, I didn't, like, you know, as a kid, who makes that connection? I'm just like, okay. Like, he's like, no, he walks in the room, and he feels, he knows what everybody's feeling, and he knows what they're thinking and why. And he's like, but he has no emotions. You know, he's like, but you're different where you have your own emotions, too. And I was like, all right. So then as I got older, I had a memory about that term. And then my mother, even after my father passed away, had said, I think this is what you are. And you just have not been like looking at this the right way. You know, she's like, I know you've known about, you know, being spiritual and stuff and, you know, my, my gifts and that stuff. She's like, but I don't think you've looked at this part of it all. And then I guess. When I, you know, went down the rabbit hole of research and made that connection. Um, so I guess like solidified after he passed away. But I definitely um, do remember him always referencing that like growing up because we had this very strange connection of like I felt what he felt. And, you know, one of those things Puerto Rican parents really harp on when you gifted like that. Once I'm <laughs> like, no, she knows. She knows. She knows when I'm she just lays there when I'm sick with me and then it's gone and I feel better the next day. I'm just like, okay. Like <laughs> So what so how would you differentiate being an empath from being psychic? So I think that it's like this. Um not every empath is a psychic psychic, but every empath can be like you have the potential to be but it doesn't mean that you're going to be just because you're an empath i think you 
as an empath, no matter what, are going to be highly sensitive to other people's energies and things like that. But you may not be psychic in the sense of connecting with spirits and feeling all of those energies. It just may be that you are more like clairsentient as far as like, you know, other people and stuff, you know, feeling why they're sad, you know, and knowing why they're sad and having just this clear sense of knowing, you know, and literally feeling their emotions as you walk in the room or their physical feelings. Um, but I don't think that every empath is going to necessarily talk with, you know, all different spirits or feel all different spirits. Um, but I do think at the same time, every empath does have the potential to contact their spirit guides, whoever they may be. Um, it just may not be the same way for everybody. Um, you know, but I think that's also the general experience with spirit guides. They mm -hmm. don't communicate, you know, the same way with everybody. I think that it's, I've found only in my adulthood in this work that the word psychic seems to be very triggering for a lot of people. And I mm -hmm. think that people, when they think of psychic, they think of like some really aesthetic neon storefront <laughs> where there's someone who's like gonna, you know, start at $10 and then you leave, oh spend God. $200. Yeah, or like a thousand. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, fine, you know, that's mm -hmm. cool and all. But I don't see that as a one-to-one -one with being no. psychic at all. I think that that is the... You know, that's like the storefront fortune mm -hmm. teller, right? That there's a whole trope for that. That's and one line of it. Exactly. Yeah. And like we can make space for that too. But being psychic to me has always been just being really dialed in. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like one of the biggest reasons that so many people struggle with psychic or empathy or mm -hmm. these words is because ultimately what it takes is really being a good listener mm -hmm. and anybody I think can be psychic I think anyone can hone their empathy just by like opening themselves to mm -hmm. really listening to people yeah. and that in our society is such a huge obstacle mm -hmm. and a huge hurdle that we have to go across in order to access that yeah it's I think it's hard for people to take that step back you mm -hmm. know and like silence you know what's going on in their own head as you know they're hearing what they're hearing or what they're feeling and stuff like that you know and tune into what is going on around them as well not just what's going on inside of them totally you know I think that's also the big piece too so you mentioned talking to your ancestors and I saw that you had posted about even if you don't know their names it you know, get in touch with them because the thing is I think a lot of us you know have not just ancestral, you know, trauma that was not healed, you know, that is now reoccurring through our parenting situations or things like that. Like, that's a lot for a lot of people. But it's also this piece of a lot of us are trying to get reconnected. And it's important when you do that and you're trying to find yourself and reconnect with something from that, you know, that you have, like, roots and you have grounding and you have something that can you know keep you solidified especially because your ancestors are your first line of defense like they're here for you and you know i do say like you know not every ancestor is somebody that you would vibe with or that you would fuck with you know and you can make that clear when you're calling them in like you know if you're not if you're somebody who likes the whole like you know if you're not of the highest vibration you can include that in you know saying like you're not allowed you know to come forward or whatever like that's not what i'm requesting etc but I think it's important because, you know, 
they're there to assist us in a lot of ways, especially with spiritual work or when you're navigating that kind of world. Um, and also when you're navigating this world, they've been through so much shit that like, yes, this life is hard and every generation has their own suffering and their own struggles that we have to overcome or that we have to endure, etc. our own injustices and things like that. But they've come before that. And while some of them, you know, unfortunately may have gone you know, where they lost their life in the process of it and did not get to overcome, you know, it doesn't mean that they don't have energy or, you know, lessons that they can give us basically of, you know, how to avoid our own downfall of martyrdom and mm -hmm. things like that, um, you know. And I think, like, sometimes it's also just important to have that because, like, you need to know that there's family out there, even if you don't vibe with your family right now. Like, there's this family there that you have in a whole other realm that really is just looking out for you. It's not this whole selfish, like, you know, one-way thing of, like, just you're obligated. Like, no, they want to, you know? And I think that's the other piece that we have to keep in mind is that, they want to be our first line of defense. You know, it's not just obligation. And with a generation that my mother even mentioned this to me on Mother's Day, um, that our generation doesn't do things out of obligation when it comes to family. We're not doing that. Like a lot of people do still, but we're changing that where we do things with family because we want to. We're not going to see the toxic, you know, family member because that's still your mother, that's still your grandmother. No, we're going to see people because we want to. And I think that's where we have to keep in mind, like, that's the family connection that we're trying to have, you know. And if that's what you want and you can't be provided with that in the physical from your blood family, then you should tap into, you know, that ancestral aspect of that so that you can have that healthier part. Um, and I know for me, that's been something that's really helpful and healthy, you know, when it comes to my spirituality, because that shit keeps my ass in fucking check it keeps me grounded sometimes you know they fucking reel me in like bitch sit down like this is not that serious you know they i mean they talk to me a lot nicer but they you know they be stern with me on you know and they let me know like when it's not that serious and i need to you know not be so hot-headed about certain things because you know our generation we ain't got no patience for certain things and they're like you know they have to remind me of well, this is what the fuck I had to endure. And it's not to say that yours isn't fucked up, but it's about have some patience because you are in circumstances where you can afford some patience right now. And you need to be reminded of that. Um, and sometimes you don't want to hear that from your friends. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to hear that from somebody else on the other side. It's like, All right, I know you're being really objective right now. And it's not just some personal shit. Um, but that's why I tell people all the time, like, get that established, especially because if you want to go connecting with different deities, that's, you know, I'm all for that. That should, as far as that's your business, I'm not here to tell anybody, you know, what they should and shouldn't do in that regard. But before you decide to go to the big dogs, you know, try to first establish that connection, you know, with that first sign of defense before going, you know, to break out the big guns. So when you're contacting your ancestors, what does that process look like for you? And how are you receiving this information and this input from them? Well, the how for me is a bit um, personal and one of those things that I can't um, completely go into detail. Um, but basically, it's somewhat like when people, you know, say talk about prayer and say, talk about receiving these messages and things like that. It's about quieting myself, 
you know, enough to receive these messages and hear them. And, you know, whether it's involving sitting in front of my altar while I do this work or doing it in a different capacity, um, it's always something about quieting enough for what they have to say to come through and settling myself to be in a space where I can just receive all of that with open arms and, you know, be ready for it, even if it's not what I want to hear. And also accepting that sometimes they don't have anything to say, you know, like they'll just straight up tell me like, there's nothing to tell you about this. You just got to experience this. Like, that's what this is. Like, and that's also what's been helpful for me, especially as like an empath and, you know, a psychic. It's like, all right, please let me, you know, know when I need to just experience life. I appreciate that. You know, I like that there's this aspect of like, no, bitch, you need to have a little bit of mystery in your life. Like, accept it. It's okay. <laughs> totally. I mean, I think that that's actually a really interesting point to sit on for a moment because so much I'm sure that you get asked all the time that I get asked all the time is like, ah, like I need to manifest something now or like, can you pull a card for me right now? Or can you answer this question right now? And like, (laughs) you know, there actually is something to be said for not pulling out the tarot cards, for not looking at your chart and seeing exactly what transit is happening Mm -hmm. and for just being in the moment and getting the experience. Because when you get to the other side, you'll receive so much more information than you have when you're on the precipice of it. Exactly. It's like you come to the realization almost, you know, like, and I feel like it sticks a bit more sometimes. Like, obviously not all the time, but I do think a lot of the time it does stick more. And like, it's also affirming to hear when other practitioners, you know, say that because so many other practitioners you know, and I don't knock nobody's hustle. Do what you got to do. I don't give a fuck. Go ahead. Make your coin, you know. And if it's about just you want to help as many people as possible, that's your fucking prerogative. I'm all for it. But I do see a lot of this feeling the need to match the instant gratification that, like, today's society provides, you know, where people want instantaneous results or an instantaneous answer. And it's like, you have to understand that sometimes that's not how the universe is aligning shit for you. Like, and I understand we can, you know, step in and be the master of our own universe in a way. But I feel like people forget that sometimes you have to be like a free radical in life and just be this fucking thing that you don't know which way you're going and you don't know how these outside forces are going to like interact or who shit you're fucking with. Like, right. And like, you know. Right, exactly. And like, not everybody is operating in a silo. Like, there's so many other variables. Imagine if, like, you weren't the only person who's pulling a three card tarot spread about your situation. What if every single other person involved in your situation is also (laughs) out there, which they very well may be in today's world. And like, each person is yielding a different result, right? Like, who is every like is yours the only valid one absolutely not like there's all of these different energies that are working together simultaneously Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean we need to take a beat to say okay i just pulled the you know queen of swords Mm -hmm. what is that actually going to mean yeah let's see and i exactly i think that let's see part those what scares everybody and they're like well that's what i came to you to know about (laughs) like i don't want to i don't want to have to let's see and i'm like (laughs) Okay, but you do know sometimes that's like, and I've had to tell certain clients, like, you know, certain things I do get told by my guides not to, you know, tell them in session when they ask. And it's because some things are dead ass, like telling a kid what they're getting for Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it does take away from the magic sometimes and also it's sometimes gonna lead you to fucking self-sabotage like just because I, i've known so many people who did it because they're like well, that's not what I wanted or who I wanted. And it's like, but if your dumb ass had just let it unfold naturally, you might have seen that you really enjoy this person's company and that you do find them attractive and that you've just been psyching yourself out for whatever fucking deep-rooted right, reason. Right, because you need to go through the process in order to get to the other side. Exactly. And instead, you just shortcutted yourself and shorthanded yourself, essentially, for, like, nothing. Like, you took a shortcut to unhappiness instead of happiness <laughs> so it in when you're describing speaking with your ancestors and spirit guides it almost sounds like channeling to me is that really what you're doing yeah and can, is it when you're channeling are you is it always within your lineage or do you also receive messages from people who are not um blood related to you I do, but I also try to avoid having to always work through other people's people um, because the thing is, while some people do want to receive messages from those people, some people aren't necessarily ready for that. Also, sometimes, you know, you get the situation of like someone comes forward, but the person that you're speaking with is like, I don't want that fucking message from them. I don't care what they have to say. So I try to avoid that unless the person says like, I really, you know, if any messages are coming through from so-and-so, I'd really like to receive them um, because I'm big on consent. And even when it comes to spirit work and stuff like that, I think that it's important that people let me know what they want. And then the other pieces, I'm also very big on like, it's yes, important for me to be able to do that, but I'd also like for you to be able to connect with them. And I think that it's a sacred moment when you get to meet your spirit guides and, you know, have that established meeting. You know, sometimes you get a name, sometimes you don't get a name. I have a few, you know, homegirls who are practitioners and they're like, that, that ass don't got no names from my spirit guides. They don't want to give me names. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know what? Names might not exist in the fucking, you in know, the astral, where yeah. they are. So maybe that's why, like, you dead don't need a name. And it's like, you know, that's what it is. And you know guides aren't always just our ancestors you know there's so many different kinds that we can have um you know but i think like it's important that we tap in because you do need someone who can be objective you need a re you know every reader even needs another reader because sometimes Absolutely. your ass cannot be objective with yourself the same way like a totally. therapist needs a therapist you know like we just can't be objective and that's okay but I also think that we do still need to kind of teach people to have a bit of their own compass, you know, for other times. I don't want you, and this is just my personal style. I don't think that everybody has to, you know, do shit my way, but I don't want people to be completely dependent on me in that way. Um, and so I, a lot of the time, do work where I have people then connect with their own spirit guides and I end up working with them to figure out how is that going to work for them as an individual? You know, how are they going to do that? Um, because, and you know, again, like I've said, it's not always going to be this thing of channeling. Some people get messages where it was just in their dreams that their spirit guides communicate, or they just have this sense of knowing rather than feeling like they're having a whole conversation or, you know, they have to have to meditate to communicate with them. I have certain homegirls who know they woke up in your crib and that's it. They're going to give you a whole <laughs> read on what the fuck is going on. These bitches ain't even do shit. They just, they're like who the fuck you got in here? <laughs> My homegirl P is one of those people. She's always like, 
who the fuck be in your and i'm like listen these spirits who i don't give a fuck about because they don't bother me and I, <laughs> i'm one of those people i'm like listen you don't bother me i don't bother you you were here first i'm gonna let you rock you have an attachment that's your business you've been letting me be here so it's fine but you know i think people having that experience for their own selves and being able to then use that when they're in a shitty situation, you know, and you can't get a session with your reader because these days everybody be fucking booked up if, you know, because it's fucking 2019 and everybody wants a fucking reading. Like, <laughs> I know I'm dead ass. I've even had people that I'm like, I really would have not expected somebody from this line of work to want to get a reading from me, but okay. Like I'm with the shits. And you know, so it's important to know how to be able to, like, kind of do that shit for yourself, at least in a moment, you know, until you can get somebody, you know, you don't have to go be a practitioner for other people. But I feel like to be able to guide ourselves and kind of connect with our intuition and our guides and our higher self, you know, that stuff is really important. And I do think that everybody can do that, um, you know, whether you have you know a whole ancestral direct connection or not. Um, I think people forget that. Almost everybody's ancestors at some point did this work. Yeah, because it's human work. It's human work, exactly. And so, you know, things have gotten very complicated. History tells a thousand different ways of why people don't do it anymore, you know, or why they stopped in this certain... Or they don't talk about it because it got completely wiped out of history. And they were like, nope, we're just not going to tell anybody we used to do this, you know. But... Everybody has it. And I think like that's also what's important about if we're going to be reconnecting to that, you know, and our ancestral stuff and what wasn't written in history, then we also need to apply it in the other realm too, not just the physical. I have a few questions. One is, and I guess maybe I'm I'm curious as to how you would answer these. I'm just going to throw them all at you. But one is, do you think that empathy is something that can be is it something from nature or nurture i suppose and then two is like what are your thoughts on seances or using a ouija board and connecting to people through those devices so when it comes to like empathy i think it's both um with nature versus nurture um i do think there are some people who are you know um born with out total empathy and I know that sounds very strange but I do think that their lesson is to learn how to be empathic and be more empathetic as well um because it's not the same thing but like it's almost the same thing um but I think like that's what it is like when it comes to people who and it's a very difficult thing you know like psychology talks about all these different you know character types basically of people that can be You know, they basically have no emotion. They can, you know, mirror it, but that's not really what they're feeling and stuff. But I think what it is, it's about learning not to just mirror, but to actually feel that. But since so much of us, you know, I understand a lot of the time they end up doing fucked up shit, you know, just who tends to be a murderer or things like that or whatever. But it's not always the case. And I think that that kind of goes overlooked um but i do think there's also situations where people are born with extreme empathy and then they are in situations that teaches them to completely shut that off and that causes them to you know end up again that's the other sharp contrast of that and that's not good either you know right and that could lead to the same results exactly and that's what i think like it's very difficult like you know but i do think it's something that we have to acknowledge like whether you are born with it or not 
you know, like, okay, like two sides must both possibly exist if we're talking about, you know, balance in the universe and stuff like that anyways. You know, there has to be both, okay. But then there also has to be this piece of like, all right, if there is both, then why are we not working with how the individual needs to develop that, you know, or have it be treated where it's respected rather than rejected. Um, And I think then like, the other side of all that is like with being an empath or being empathic, I think every human, for the most part, aside from if you are born without total empathy, um, you know, is empathic to a degree. You know, we all can sense vibes in a room. You know, it's like, oh, I walked in and I could feel the tension in a room. You know, there's reasons why people say things like, oh, it was the tension was so thick you could cut it with a knife and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like those things don't come out, you know, into saying for no reason. Um, But I feel like we live in this world where also like, you know, trauma can be something that causes people to be more empathic and be more in tune with that. Um, It can also be the sharp opposite where it causes somebody to shut down because they feel that their empathy is what led them there. Um, Whereas other times it's about learning to be more empathic because it becomes a tool that you utilize to survive and to be able to read who you're around and things like that, to be able to, you know, predict your safety or what you need to do or to anticipate your next move, you know, so that you're safe or so that person's safe. Um, It's really layered. And I think like it's one of the things that's kind of overlooked when it comes to psychology. And I don't mean in the way like, It's always talked about, but I don't think it's talked about in a way where people look at how society affects that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they talk about like how like mother, you know, kind of nurturing affects that. But I don't think they talk about how society and the outside forces around us affect that, too. Like hearing somebody in, you know, your high school tell you that you just feel too much and you just too sensitive, you know, like that's not your parents nurturing you. Like Mm -hmm. that's not a direct thing from your parents. That's something from outside forces that's about just rejecting that rather than reaffirming that, you know, that's a strength to have. And that's, you know, something that, again, you may have learned as a survival trait. Now it's like, oh, well, someone's telling me I feel too much. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, that can send somebody who uses that for trauma, like safety purposes, and a whole like fucking whirlwind and you know then you get disconnected with your intuition and it's just it's a messy fucking thing like yeah i think that we were talking about this a little before we started recording but i have found in my own practice experientially and then also empathetically that so much of you know being a highly sensitive person being an empath comes from being in situations when you're young that require an extra level of attention Mm -hmm. you know whether it's in a household where you don't know if you're gonna have your angry mother walk Mm -hmm. in the room or you're gonna have your happy mother walk in the Mm -hmm. room so you're listening to the way that the door creaks and you're listening to the floor and you're feeling the air and you're smelling things like all of your senses are heightened when you're Mm -hmm. in a traumatic situation as a kid because you're trying to read something that you don't quite understand. And so there's that way of going into, Mm -hmm. you know, this type of work. And I think oftentimes I meet other healers who come from these situations. I know I do. And it's, you know, part of the reason that we are now making a 
making our real fucking business to do this work mm-hmm. is because of dialed up <laughs> need to like heal ourselves yes. through it. No, I definitely agree and can relate with that because I know that's something that I definitely used to, you know, piece together aside from just literally feeling what that parent was feeling when they walked in. It was also that you do look at all the other factors of like, you know, how did you drop your keys? You know, when you came in, like, did you like really drop them shits because, you know, you were drinking or because whatever, or did you just place them down gently? Like, did you throw them because you were angry? Like, what is it? And it's, it sucks, you know, like, cause I think while it is a gift and it's a strength in that way, it can be a bit of a double-edged sword to know that's a lot of where you learned all that. Yeah. You know, like as far as the roots. Right. And I think that, I mean, at least in my own experience, I was a really bad teenager. Oh, yeah. Now in my adulthood, finding empathy and kindness and compassion for my younger self, thinking like, yeah, of course. I mean, I was trying to tune it all out. It's way too much to handle. And I fucking love growing up and being Mm -hmm. an adult and being able to claim my own shit. Because when you're a kid, you don't have a choice. You can't leave the house. You know, if your parent comes in and you know that they are in a bad fucking frame Mm -hmm. of mind, what are you going to do? So obviously, exactly. At like Mm -hmm. 11 or 12, the first time that you're able to start really going out, you're going to go hard because you're trying to run away. Mm -hmm. So. I think that it's interesting sort of looking at the similarities and the patterns of people who come from these yeah. environments and seeing that oftentimes before they learn the skills of self-healing, mm-hmm. they're rebelling. It's true. And what's interesting is that I, my mother has often thought that it was like my bad teenage years were mainly about wanting the attention from my father that I wasn't, you know, getting due to, you know, him being, um, you know, an alcoholic and stuff. But that wasn't it. There was a whole bunch of other shit that was going on that should not have gone on. And, you know, as years have gone by, like, I've been able to self-reflect and break down. And I'm just like, no, like, this, my ass was trying to cope with all this fucking adult stress. Yes. That I had no business having. I also, you know, and I even broke it down to my mother recently. I was like... I literally was feeling what you felt in the house, what he felt, what my brother felt, what I felt, everybody in the crib. Right. You know, then I was feeling what everybody at fucking middle, you know, in middle school or in high school was feeling, you know, and middle school was worse for me than high school. Um, High school, I did do a lot of shit that I should not have been doing, but in a much different way. Oh, yeah. Um, High school, I was like a fucking angel. Middle school was like... Yeah, middle school was bad in a way where I was just like... I projected a lot of shit that wasn't even my shit because I didn't know how to cope with that. That's so interesting because that's exactly what I had the experience Because like you literally feel what somebody else is feeling, like let's say in the lunchroom or whatever. So then you just speak on it because you're so overwhelmed by that, which you're going dealing with at home or whatever. And so your fucking dumbass decides to speak on it because you're in that rah-rah. You know, like I know I was in a bit of that rah-rah stage and it's like shouldn't have said certain things that I said, you know, like I shouldn't have. And I projected certain stuff. I projected other people's insecurities. That wasn't even mine. Like, I, like stuff where I later was like, I wasn't even mad about that. Or I don't even feel that way about that. The fuck was I like, you know? And then in high school, it was more about like, I was doing all kinds of shit to like cope with, but in like ways of like, I was kind of on my P's and Q's, not so much in school. But I was working, like I had a job in high school. I, 
you know, I still went to school. Like, I didn't have any attendance issues. Truancy never fucking caught my ass when I did cook <laughs> class. <laughs> I was smart about my shit. I never got caught when I cut class. <laughs> or I didn't go to school. I never got caught by truancy. Um, or, you know, situations were getting into fights with people. I never, like, you know, got back by the cops. Thank God. Like, this is one of those things where I know my ancestors was on my fucking side on something. Like, we know you're doing shit you're not supposed to do right now, but we're going to assist you with not getting caught um but i did end up in situations like senior year when i was you know out drinking with friends and shit like that and i was high you know mad high like i smoked old weed and i was really drunk and i ended up in unsafe situations that you know i fortunately spoke my way out of but i had no business being in them like i was in them because i was doing things to cope with confronting my father about being an alcoholic and also dealing with this adult stress of feeling like I have to deal with this as an adult and deal with how all of this affects me, you know, and feeling your feelings and feeling my feelings and feeling Ma's feelings and feeling my brother's feelings and just, you know, everything. And I have no say, you know, like that was the other piece, I think, as, an, as a teenage empath, having all those other people's feelings and then having no say in the outcome because it was like I could ask my father, you know, can you please not like, you know, at least don't drink before this event or whatever, like, or, you know, could you please not drink for me or whatever, whatever. Asking a Puerto Rican father to do anything is falling on deaf ears unless <laughs> they really feel inclined to do it. If it has anything to do with something that they feel is like, uh, it, it's this whole respect thing, like this whole age respect thing. And I understand the whole respect to elders, but you know, it was this piece of I'm the parent and you're the child. I make the decisions, not you. And I'm like, but I have to feel this shit. The fuck you mean? Yeah. And also, like, <laughs> I am also like a little baby psychic who mm -hmm. understands where this is going yep. and has the perspective that you don't have on this and because I'm feeling all part. of it. Right. Because you're trapped when you're a kid. Yep. It's the worst. I had to literally just watch it happen. And I had to know, like, a lot of people even asked, like, with my quinceanera, why I had a white dress that basically looked like a wedding dress. And I was like, well, because I already know where this is going. And I know that this is going to be the one time I have that opportunity. It was something I even said to a family member years later. And she was just like... I thought that looks like a wedding dress. And I was like, yeah, because my fucking ass went to David's bridal and picked out a fucking wedding dress for my fucking quinceanera <laughs> because I knew that was going to be the one time I had that opportunity. And it sucked because I literally had to just watch it happen. And I think that's the other piece with, you know, in my sessions with explaining to people, like, even as a psychic, you can know things. You can literally know that, you know, what's going to happen. And say everything, scream at, you know, go and try to be a fucking oracle or prophet about this shit. And it doesn't matter if somebody's free will is not aligned with it. And, you know, it sucks. But I had to accept that. I had to accept knowing at 15 years old that my father was going to pass away before he could walk me down the aisle. And it's like dealing with that as an empath was so painful because I was just like, what the fuck? How do I have to watch this if I know? Why Why can't I, like, I have to do something. So I kept trying to do something that was falling on deaf ears. So I was like, I right, fuck this. I'm going to get lit. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to engage in Right, which is also, like, 
that is a comfort zone mm-hmm. to be able to then recreate trauma that or like toxic situations that you can control exactly become something that is a lot easier for a young person to deal with than something dealing with their parent or something in their home life that is just mm-hmm. totally like insurmountable yeah because it's like i at least decided that right. you know so like i can end up like mm-hmm. in with like a bunch of 40 year old dudes in an alleyway on second and avenue c true story at 13 but i chose that you know and even though nobody looking at that would say like that you didn't choose that obviously you were being taken advantage of like for sure i was obviously with like pretty shitty people but that was a situation that was easier for me to handle than coming home and being in a house that had like a lot of situations trauma. I couldn't choose. Yeah, the you chosen know. trauma. Yeah, it seems like a controlled factor for you know people who have experienced trauma at young ages and things like that because it's that piece of I decided, you know, and feeling like when you're. I think people don't realize that when children don't have it reinforced that they have a voice and that they have a say and that it actually matters that something will actually happen because they said something and they spoke up and it was valid, it can be something where then we try to, like you said, recreate situations where we have the opportunity for somebody else to respect what we said. Mm -hmm. If that authority figure could not respect it, well, maybe this one can, you know? And it sucks because I feel like a lot of empaths do that a lot because, and ends up doing it even in romantic relationships as they get older because, you know, and it's not to say the whole like daddy issues or whatever, but it's just that aspect of wanting to like, it's like maybe this one time somebody, you know, won't and they'll prove me wrong. But if they don't prove me wrong, I know this is something I can handle because I chose it and I set the whole fucking thing up. I know the old ins and outs. Like, right, right, know? right. And it sucks because it's like it's very masochistic. You know, it's very masochistic. Well, I tell the clients this all like often, you know, we have we have so many opportunities to reset a cycle and we have so many opportunities to pivot our story from being uh, one that is imposed to one that we are narrating and what we are choosing. But recreating the same situation over and over again is no longer telling your story. You know, it's literally just living out something that you've already it's experienced repetition. it's just repetition like just proving yourself right at that point exactly like, and right, it sounds fucked up right and like, like you didn't choose to have this shitty situation but now you're choosing to keep it going yeah and like you don't have to exactly and i think that there's a difference between being an eight-year-old in a room where you're encountering so much stimuli and having a hard time mm-hmm. processing it so you hold it in and then being a 30 year old adult who is now in a safe enough situation Mm -hmm. to be able to process it we don't we sometimes we can't deal with things in the immediate Mm -hmm. situation but eventually we need to knock 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 yes and unpack that shit yeah yeah and i think the other thing to keep in mind though is when you do decide to do that you have to be ready to really commit to that because I think so many people go and they open the can of worms and they don't go back you know what I mean like they have one session with somebody whether it's a therapist or a healer you know whatever you know you do for your prerogative um it's like that whole thing where it's like all right now these I know what worms were in my can because I opened (laughs) it you know they're like all right I, I know what I need to know now I'm good I can go on like 
no you know the worms that were in the can because they're out the can right now but now they're fucking all over your lawn and you don't know what you're doing with them you don't know how right. to properly you know take care of these worms or whatever so you're about to have a whole fucked up ass garden because you just invited a whole bunch of invasive fucking worms that may not work with all the other fucking grubs that are in your garden like right. you might have got the fucking wrong worms situation but <laughs> no that has it's just that thing when like you need that assistance to have somebody teach you like okay this is how you work with them to make proper compost so that you're not doing this and that and right and this is how you can use them as fertilizer tools, exactly <laughs> instead of it being this thing that like is then like a punishment almost like okay now that I got them out like now I feel punished well I think that yeah. this is also probably one of the important parts of working with your ancestors or your spirit guides mm -hmm. is recognizing that like there's help for you out there yes and that you aren't being you're not doomed you're not fucking cursed mm -hmm. you're not being punished you are part of a line that is dealing with this type of karma mm -hmm. and like journeys and uh circumstances that is not you're not the first person to deal with it but if you take agency you might ha be the yeah. last one and you exactly. might not have to pass the shit on exactly and it's like i think that's the thing that's scary about it for a lot of people is that becomes your identity like so much of that becomes your identity that then it's like well, how do I let go of that? Yes. And start my healing journey. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's scary when that's your whole identity, which it's very valid for that to be when your whole life has, you know, especially if you've had trauma starting from childhood on, you know, some people really do end up in a cycle due to the system or, you know, all kinds of situations. And that's very valid. But there comes a point where it's like, as scary as that is, you know, a lot of people have said to me, like, it's so hard for me to keep going how I'm going, you know, and I asked them, so if it's that hard, why are you still doing it this way? And they're like, well, because the idea of letting that go and starting a whole other journey just sounds so fucking exhausting. I'm like, but what you're doing is already hard, apparently, mm -hmm. according to you. It's already hard. Like, it's already so hard. You're already so tired, but you're still doing this every day and you're still finding a way to do this every day. So if you applied that to something else, you know, and that will make things shift so it's not so tiring and it's not so hard and it may not be within the first month, but you've been doing it for how many years and right. you've been fucking exhausted? I think we can afford a month, you know, or so or more, however more it takes. But the more that you do it, the easier it gets. And I think like it's still just that big piece of like, but who am I going to be without my trauma? You know, yeah, like we so don't know real. what that looks like. And it's like, I think that's the beautiful thing, though, because as an adult, I feel like there's a different way that like gets our second form of growing up. We grow up once, you know, from childhood to adulthood. Right. And we go through, you know, puberty and all that fucking horrible shit that we make a lot of bad choices about how we look and all that other shit, you know, bad eyebrows, all that fucking shit. <laughs> you know, we all been there, um, you know, even in adulthood, some of us. But <laughs> then, you know, adulthood, we have a much clearer sense. We also have a lot more say. We also have different bank accounts a lot of the time, you know, and we may not be balling, but we have more say over our bank accounts as well, which can be about all right what are you putting that money into are you putting it into your therapy are you putting it into your healing process 
And if so, how you grow up as an adult, who you grow into in that process when you then are an elder in this life, that's something that we have so much say in as an adult. When as a child, we don't have that much. Yeah, like we do, but don't. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, I like it's we, that weird. We like really, don't. really don't. And I think that it's oftentimes, you know, why there are so there is so much struggle in adolescence mm-hmm. is because we don't have. You're right. Like we we don't have money to be able to leave. We don't have money to be able to say like, okay, I'm going to start getting treatment on this. But we wouldn't even be ready for it if we no. did. You know, and that's, that's also okay. like the the super rich kid right whose parents are just like give them all the money in the world i know i feel i have i be feeling bad for them too i feel bad for them too i'm like yo you fucked too (laughs) yeah because they're also not you know you also need to kind of go through it in order to be able to get to the other side Mm -hmm. look back and then say okay i'm gonna start retracing my steps here and this is what i want to work on rather than being forced into it you know some kids they do need assistance earlier on in life than others you know some kids have like with adhd a lot of the time there's a lot of other emotional stuff that comes with it that you know these kids need coping tools it's not so much about like let's unpack your whole like life right now no let's help you get some you know coping tools so that you can better handle this while you're in the classroom and you know you don't then have to deal with the emotional repercussion of not doing well in school because you right, know, of that. Right. Like, Let's just get you to the next stage yeah. so that then when you're there we can yeah. start to and you can it. just be a fucking kid. Yes. You know because you have these tools and then you can now just be a kid like you know and we address your individualized needs but you know some kids end up in like a shrink situation where I'm just like when are you a kid though. When do you get to go out, you know, or these kids who it's like they're already learning all these instruments and this and that. And that's beautiful if that's where your your child finds passion and finds excitement and things like that. Like, I'm all for that shit. But I feel like there's so many kids these days who there's a forced identity on them, you know, of like, well, I want you to try all these different things so that then you have these skills so that then you have a more well-rounded personality where you then want to explore these other things in your teenage years because we expose you to them as a child but it's like exposing and forcing your child to do something is not the same thing mm-hmm. definitely you know? and i think that's something that a lot of empaths end up into which is why they then later in life have a hard time with setting boundaries is their parent forced an identity upon them whether it was via trauma or via you know, a situation of high expectations and things like that. Right. And not wanting to make your parents upset. Because then you felt that yes. shit. And yes. then you were crying and they're like, why are you crying? Yes. And it's like, because I upset you. Does this happen to you too? <laughs> this is something that I used to deal with so much as a kid. And now I've gotten a lot better at it. But I knew how a situation was going to play out. So I just wouldn't say shit about it. Or I would like (laughs) say the thing that I felt like was going to make the situation better. And then people would get mad at me and be like, and be like, why aren't you telling the truth? And I was like, because I knew that you weren't going to be able to handle it. And I knew that. Yeah. And then this is what you wanted to hear. And now you're mad at me just like I fucking predicted, but I didn't have the right steps to get there. Yes, (laughs) That happened to me so much as a kid. And it even happened to me like, as a teenager when I was in like unhealthy like you know romantic relationships because it's that thing where I was just like no no like I have to appease you like I I, I could feel how angry you are and if I just appease you like it's gonna be alright yeah. like it's gonna be alright <laughs> because this stuff is, it's like okay it's okay and it's more worth it for me to appease you than to have to you know keep this going and 
this argument or whatever and then it's like that whole thing of okay but why are you lying and it's like because that's what you wanted to hear but now you don't want to hear that fucking <laughs> mean like what is it like you know and the truth is you can even and what's even more complicated is in that moment you feel that that's what they wanted to hear but you also feel how bothered it like it's almost like why are you mad that i told you what you wanted to hear right this is what you wanted like this is what you wanted and i think it's a piece of it's kind of scary that somebody can know what you want to, you know? So then it's like, no, that's not what I wanted you to say. I, I I wanted you to tell me the truth. Like, because it seems almost like, no, there's some scary shit I don't even want to address, <laughs> bitch. Why you knew what I wanted? No, 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 no. You know what? This is what we're going to talk about. The fact that you just lied. We're not going to talk about that you knew. Oh, this reminds me of the other question. So the seances, yes. Ouija board. Those, I am very... Uh, it's funny. I try not to be a gatekeeper about things because I feel like I'm not in a place in my life. Yeah, age-wise especially. Like, I don't feel like I'm an elder yet. I'm only 27. Like, I don't feel like it's my place to completely... You're about to have your Saturn return, though. I know. Oh, my God. I'm not ready for that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm not ready for that lesson. All the lessons. All no, the lessons. Saturn's going to be really nice to you. I hope so. <laughs> um, but what's interesting to me, I think, is with all of that shit, you know, with seances and Ouija boards, my thing is like, I respect seances a bit more than I do a Ouija board. And it's only because it's like, I feel like Ouija boards, people tend to use them with the wrong intentions to begin with, you know? And it's all, it's gotten very cheesy and disrespectful. My thing is like, listen, if you're going to make this thing something that like, you hold in high regard that connects to the spirits, you know, in the spirit world and shit like that and put in all these fucking horror movies that apparently talks to the wrong spirits, then, like, have some more respect for this shit. That's my thing with Ouija boards. It's like, have a little bit more respect with how y'all using them if you're gonna fucking use them. You know, it's not my business to tell anybody to use them or not, but it's like, if you are, I think you should do it respectfully just like you do anything with seances. I tend to have a bit more respect because it's, again, it is something that's overdone in movies, but it's also something that I find is also reconnecting for everybody. It's not just like, I, I think people got to be careful with that shit because you don't know everybody in the fucking circle may not be, you know, and everybody involved may right. not I be. Right, I mean, when you open a door, like, you open a door. Yeah, you you don't know who somebody in the, you know, like they may be inviting in, like, you know, and we think we know our friends or our this or our that. But there's always things that we don't know about people. Like, you know, even the kindest people in our lives. And I think that's something we all have to, like, just be mindful of and, it's not so much about like, oh, they wish harm on us or now you're going to be possessed by their, you know, whatever. But it's just like, you may not want to deal with what comes through that door. And it's like, you also may not be prepared to hold space for what comes through. And I think like, it's just about be mindful of what you're doing. Be respectful about what you're doing. Um, obviously, respect is something that is very subjective. Um, we all have different definitions of what respectful is. But I just feel that there should be an aspect of respect with it. Yeah. You know? And I think that like, just, you know, some making something revered and making yeah. it precious and yes, taking like it sacred. Right. And like, taking the time, whether it's that you're anointing a candle mm -hmm. or you're dressing the table, like, Treat it like you would someone you're trying to yes. make a good impression for. Yeah. You know, like when you're meeting your fucking boyfriend's no, parents true. for the first time, like you're not going to wear your 
No, like your raggedy like disgusting non laundered clothes. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna wear something nice. No, it's true. And if you don't, a lot of the time we all have probably been there where we're like, why the fuck didn't you tell me that I was gonna be meeting so and so? I look like shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's like come with that same energy with the spirits. And I think also like I think what I would tell people with all that is be respectful of the fact that sometimes nobody wants to come through. Sometimes there's nothing to be said. And sometimes the answer is just no. You know, Mm -hmm. like, and you have to accept that because I feel like we expect the dead to give us all these answers all the time, like, because we did all this work, right? And because we were so respectful and intentional and we took our time and we did everything right. And it's like, they got other shit to fucking do, like process their shit on the other side and how they're transit. You know, it's like a lot of these guides can still be transitioning to an extent, you know, and it's like and ascending to different levels and stuff like that. And it's like, you think all they want to do is lay around all day and talk to your ass? <laughs> like, I mean, it's no shade, but like and I, like I said, as much as they are there for you, first line of defense, like. Do you think your first line of defense was to literally just talk to you all day? No, they need to go do other things. Well, I've read before (laughs) in this great book called Magic, an Occult Primer um, by David Conway. He describes a lot of the time what you're going to get when you're doing like a half-ass seance or Mm -hmm. half-ass Ouija board is something called an astral corpse, Mm -hmm. which is basically the impression of an energy, but not actually energy itself. It's like a low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. It's like sort of like that, like very needy yeah. spirit who is like, what, what you want to hang? Yeah. And like yeah. doesn't have anything really to offer yeah. or they're say. Just like, I just need to talk to somebody. What's right. Good? Like, Which hey, is why hey. then they're going to be all freaky, mm-hmm. like breaking plates and shit, because it's not really it's not a wisdom of an yeah. elder. It's just some like it's just some spirit. It's like an impression of a yeah, spirit. It's, it's an, not even yeah. a real it's not even energy. a whole entity. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also like that anxious energy, I think. Yes. Like, it's like, yo, you might have brought that in with your anxious ass. Right. I mean, honestly, like, to me. Wanting an answer so bad. When you see, like, a dog going fucking crazy and biting people, that's not the dog. That's the owners. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always a one-to-one. If you're bringing in a fucking energy that's breaking your plates and turning on and off your lights and like causing all mayhem Mm -hmm. like think about how you approached it yeah did you come at it from an anxious weird place where you were trying to like make a performance Mm -hmm. because you got a fucking performance yeah if you also want something that is more thoughtful and more tender and more compassionate you know step to it with that and it's like you know you can do that in an anxious state but i feel like you have to make your intentions very clear right and like like be honest like i'm i'm nervous right now and i need grounding you know i need peace i need calming you know and i call upon you know like making that clear in your intentions that you're only calling upon you know guides or entities etc who are, you know, here to assist in your healing and your grounding of the highest vibration, whatever. Like, you know, it's like, that's where you got to then just use that intent aspect of like, all right, like you mad anxious and I feel you. Sometimes we got to call on, you know, the other forces to assist with that. But it's like, make sure you come correct, you know, so that the right people are answering the door. You know, you don't want to go knock on the door and say, oh, I'm asking for Jackie when really who you asking for is Jenny. <laughs> like, I know their names sound similar, but they're not the same person. <laughs> like... So where can we find your kits? Where can we find you? 
So you can find me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram name is ethereal that one or ethereal that one. Um, it's a double entendre, so don't feel bad if you've been calling me one or the other. Hey, uh, not because I've had so many people like I thought it was. I'm like it's both. It's both it's <laughs> on purpose. Like it's both. You know, I used to be a poet in my past life. Well, this life, but still past life. This life. Um, <laughs> But uh, that, uh, you can find me on Instagram um, or my website, uh, spiritualmommy.com. You can also find my kits um, on uh, Lindsay's site, which is breadxbutter.com um, or at Urban Asanas in Brooklyn. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.